0: Listening to the Park Rush podcast. This is a Thing Park podcast. I'm Tom. Joining me, as ever, is Josh. Hello there. Hello there, Josh. How's it going? Very good, thank you. How about yourself? Yeah, you know, just uh, threading along, threading along. Very down with the kids, me, or I try to be. What, what about oh. yourself, Josh? You, you threading along too? I'm having a lot of blue sky thoughts, really. Oh. The hipster's choice for their yes. Twitter replacement. Yeah, w- w- what goes on over there? It seems to me like there aren't enough people, and you're probably just sort of screaming into the void. There's dozens of us, Tom. Dozens. Any theme park fandoms made a home on on Blue Sky at all?
1: Uh, what well, there is one feed that I follow uh, at parkrush.com on uh, Blue Sky.
0: Uh, oh, yeah. Do they do they do much, or is their output about as scattershot as it is everywhere else?
1: <laughs> I think it's it's pretty much the same as everywhere else. I have to admit, yeah.
0: Well, Blue Sky does have a good account switching, though. Other than where Threads lacks. Yes, I was going to say Park Rush is technically on Blue Sky. No, not Blue Sky. Well, we are on Blue Sky, as you say, but we're we are on Threads as well because it's the cool thing to do how often we will thread i don't know is that that's what it's called right even if you're just doing a single post they refer to it on the platform at least as a thread even if you're it's a one post thing th- you're threading are you i guess so i mean threading on on social media and i even even i guess in email you know it's a term that's been used before you're kind of you know it's a chain essentially yeah it feels wrong if a if a singular post is referred to as a thread, but I don't know what else you would call it on threads other than I guess a post, but that feels a bit boring you know you've got to brand it up a little bit uh, a tweet let's call it a tweet it would be funny if they just called it a tweet <laughs>
1: um, it's like a like Hoover right or something like that like a name brand becomes the the thing to google oh. i'm gonna I'm gonna Skype someone even though you're using whatsapp or FaceTime or something. Right. i got to be honest, I, I don't know anyone say who says that, but you do use Josh. There was a time where Skyping was the the thing. Uh, and so I think it was mainly in America they used to say Skype, but now older kids say FaceTime. So
0: Okay, old man, whatever. Let's, uh, let's get this podcast on the road before we have to wheel you into an old folks home. Uh, we did kind of suggest that this week might see the release of the park beyond theme park video game review we're not going to do that today we've got some like decent news to talk about as well as an email which we will get to very shortly and we've released on a sunday again it feels like we've come full circle and sunday might become the stated goal at least so far as the regular day of release for the park rush podcast so we are podcasting like it's 2019 over here josh uh, you know makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. Oh, what a time to be alive. Hopefully we get back up to 2019 levels of listenership, you know, and we had sort of 150-odd people listening every week <laughs> instead of... I don't know, about 22, something like that, right?
1: twenty one? I'll, I'll take 22 dedicated listeners over uh, 150 wishy washy listeners any day,
0: Tom. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, okay. Yeah, we'll go with that. Well, before we get into the news, shall we do the aforementioned email, which means I get to play the correspondence music. Well, if you want to email the show, you can do so. Podcast at parkrush.com. I would ask who'd emailed us, but we all know who it is. Josh. Yes, that's right. Uh, Mr. Ben, once again, it's
1: written in. Uh, and he says, Morning, chaps. Uh, well, it's afternoon now, so you got that wrong. Nice one. Uh, <laughs> You've mentioned a few times over recent episodes that Disney World should build a fifth gate to deal with overcrowding, but also mentioned that the parks were not at the attendance level, they were pre-COVID. Um, we have. We have done that. Uh, Whilst I agree, a fifth gate would be nice and would make things more interesting with Epic Universe under construction, it doesn't make much financial sense. Uh, Coming over really Boring. your financial sense. Boo! Uh, Why build a whole new theme park to take up some capacity of... uh, to take up some of the capacity from other parks when you could just add a few new rides here and there and build the attendance back up to what it was? I guess he's got a point. And I guess that's kind of what they're doing, right? Epcot's in a a state of uh, reconstruction. There's some attractions going in there additions uh, obviously we've already seen some additions in there like Ratatouille and uh, Guardians but you've got the Moana thing coming and once I've redone all the front that'll be nice uh, you've got obviously the new Splash Mountain coming uh, Tiana's Bayou River Jamboree um, at Magic Kingdom and obviously there might be that the uh, villains area as well that they've Shown in D twenty three, so that's kind of what they're
0: doing, and that's and that's what we were talking about last week as well, right? So, Animal um, Kingdom as well, right? So they've knocked down stuff like Primeval World, and I wouldn't be surprised if Dinosaur follows suit at some point, and. Yeah. I think the suggestion is that we might get like a something zootopia in there or or tangled. I, I forget. There was obviously a, a bunch yeah. of concept art, I think, from D twenty three last year, and we always take D twenty three concept art with a pinch of salt, but Biggest I think that's what ever. they were they were yeah. sort of aiming for or pitching back then. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, well. rumours
1: of uh like the mystic manor from Hong Kong going in there as well, maybe?
0: Oh, interesting! Another two, rumor, but two haunted mansions in in one resort. I I don't think I approve. I think that's that strikes me as the uh, kind of ultimate ultimate laziness.
1: Yeah, well, I guess because the one in Hong Kong is completely different because they don't
0: do ghosts over there, so it's like oh, a. I, I don't doubt that it's it's different, and, and Disney w- will obviously pitch it that way you know yes. hey it's a completely different ride but i but it is despite that it it is their version of haunted mansion no matter how different it is no matter the fact that it, it you know it doesn't actually deal with the afterlife or ghosts or anything like that it is that ride in spirit yep. so having two of them in the same resort i don't know it doesn't sit right with me i mean josh it's a it's a radical way of thinking I'd love, like, a, a whole new ride that we haven't Whoa. seen anywhere before. I know, I Hold know, up. I know. I'm, I'm just putting it out there. Yeah. Into there's, the void. The Zootopia
1: stuff's going to Shanghai, right? So... Yes, I
0: suppose theoretically they could borrow uh, from there, depending on what sort of attraction that land ends up having. I think it's going to be on a much grander scale in Shanghai than it's going to be in Animal Kingdom. But if there was like one marquee attraction that perhaps they could bring over, I suppose it would make financial sense to do that rather than come up with something completely new. But that would be nice, right, to have something completely new.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think, you know, of all of the IPs, Zootopia makes the most sense in Animal Kingdom. But, yeah, something completely new would be cool. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Maybe, make, maybe make a cool dinosaur thing. Just come up with a new dinosaur ride. I don't know.
0: <sighs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Florida could do with some... I mean, it, seems, it sounds a bit silly to say because we've obviously got Velocicoaster, but... I mean, I, I love the theming of that ride. Like the pre-show and the queue is nicely done. And there are some raptors uh, sort of dotted around the the opening portion of that track. But by and large, it could be anything. You know what I mean? Like it's not. Yeah. Once you're on the coaster and it's really got going, the fact that it's Jurassic World themed is really neither here nor there. The kind of quintessential dinosaur rides for me in Florida that are kind of elevated by the fact that they are dinosaur themed could really do with some love. I think, from what I understand, both Dinosaur and the Jurassic Park River Adventure are in a bit of a sorry state so far as the animatronics, which makes sense because both of those rides are more than 20 years old. But I would love Universal and Disney to either, you know, spend the required money to get those rides back up to kind of modern standards or, yeah. you know, do something completely new. But I, I, would, I would like, in both cases, if they do do something new to, yeah, stick with the dinosaur theming. That would be, that would be yeah. great. But I guess for Disney, it doesn't really make much sense. They don't really have any modern dinosaur franchises or anything to leverage, do they? No, I guess the last one was the Pixar film, right? That wasn't very good. Oh, the good dinosaur. Yeah. More like the thoroughly mediocre dinosaur. <laughs> oh, thing. Uh, yeah. Oh dear.
1: Yeah. Anyway, Ben goes on. Uh, I think the big issue is the feeling of overcrowding in the parks, which I assume is down to swapping FastPass for Genie and Lightning Lanes. I would guess that far fewer people uh, are using those newer systems, and so there are less people in the queues than there were before. Mm. Uh, That means more people milling around the park, which makes it feel much more overcrowded, as over 70% of the park's capacity is surely designed to be queues and rides themselves. This is likely made worse by virtual queues keeping more and more people out of physical queuing
0: areas. Damn straight.
1: Yeah. Bring
0: back classic queues. Classic queues, yeah. And I wonder if that is why Disney aren't necessarily in a rush to kind of bump up the capacity limits to the pre-COVID times because ultimately they've now got people I, I think Ben's right it's probably a smaller number of people that are using the fast passes and whatever but the people that are using them are now paying for them, which you didn't have before. And to the point that he made about there being more people just kind of milling around now because there are less people queuing for rides. They also are potentially spending more money because what do you do in a theme park when you're just milling about? Well, you might go get a pretzel or an ice cream or pop in the shop and come out with a hundred dollars worth of cuddly toys that you didn't know you were going to buy. So from Disney's perspective, uh, when it comes to the bottom line, it's probably working out just fine. And, uh, yeah, you know, obviously, Disney Plus, for example, and certain other parts of Disney's business model haven't really been going super smoothly over the last little while. I mean, it pains me because I enjoyed the film, but it looks like Indiana Jones is going to be one of the all-time commercial flops, box office flops. I mean, it's one of yeah, the most I'm, expensive films of all time, and it might not even make its money back. The I'm seeing parks, the film when this
1: comes out, Tom.
0: Oh, well, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, and then the theme so, parks are kind of the thing that are, that have continue to do really well and obviously we've seen similar with Universal you know Comcast have really spoken highly of how well the parks have done in the last few years so much so that it obviously gave them the confidence to double down on Epic Universe so yeah uh, I think from a as I say kind of business commercial perspective Disney are probably quite happy with the way the theme parks are going right now even though it means that for the guests actually in the parks it's it's not as good an experience as it was even four or five years ago, let alone, you know, longer ago than that. Absolutely, yeah.
1: Ben just says, uh, finally, and this is mainly for us, uh, really been enjoying the episode, recent episodes. Keep up the excellent work, as always. Excellent might be uh, a bit much, fun, Ben, but uh, thank you. Um, but yes, I'm not fussed if you dropped Twitter. I saw you'd set up Fred, so I may see you there.
0: Well, that's good to know. I mean, we we have, yeah, we have kind of been thinking, do we get off Twitter? To be honest with you, it's just so that I kind of have one less place to remember to occasionally post as a sign of life. (laughs) Obviously, Twitter, from a park crush perspective, Twitter is basically useful for talking to Mister Ben, talking to Pastor John, and doing threads when we are in theme parks. Yeah, (laughs) I, I think given. The uncertainty around Twitter now with like reading limits and who knows, it just seems to me like more and more stuff about Twitter is going to be put behind this paywall that actually Twitter might become almost unusable for us when we're doing those like thing part day threads, you know, because on a day like that, we probably would smash through our reading limit. We probably would want to post videos and pictures and stuff that as I say, I would not be surprised if they end up behind the paywall as well. So I just don't know how reliable Twitter is right now. So it may be that threads actually makes more sense for us even when we are sort of or when we are out and about at thing parks. But we'll see. We'll see. I mean, as cynical as I am about social media and as much as I despise Zuckerberg as well as Musk, it is, you know, I can't deny I'm I'm very curious to see how this thread stuff all pans out over the next few months. But yeah, let's not make this a tech podcast. Uh, Thanks very much to Mr. Ben for emailing. Uh, I will play the correspondence music again and then we'll just dive into the news. Well, Josh, we'll start the news with a double dose of, oh boy, I would not want this to happen to me when I'm at a theme park. This sounds horrendous. So we'll start with, should we start with Wisconsin? Uh, I I mean, I guess this is maybe it's a stretch to call this place a theme park. Seemed like it was more of a kind of county fair situation. But anyway, uh, this happened in Crandon uh, over the weekend, I think. City of Crandon at the Forest County Festival. Uh, Basically, the long and short of it is a roller coaster got stuck upside down. And I am really baffled as to the physics of this like how does something like this actually happen and you know it takes me back to (laughs) uh i think this was years and years ago when my sister and i weren't even tall enough to go on some of the bigger rides but this memory is stuck with me my dad was off doing what at the time might have been dueling dragons rather than uh, the dragon challenger islands of adventure they had been gone a while and we were kind of trying to see, you know, trying to spot him on the ride if we could. And this lady came up behind us and was sort of just loitering around, I think, wondering the same thing. Is it, is it broken down or something like that? I think one of us, you know, jested, oh, maybe it's stuck upside down, uh, you know, in a, in, a, in a jokey way because, well, how the hell would that even actually happen? And the lady behind us went, it's stuck upside down. Oh, my God. And we're like, no, 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 no. Pretty pretty sure it's all good. Josh, how does a roller coaster get stuck upside down?
1: It's, uh, this is, I assume this isn't a proper coaster, right? I haven't been able to see sort of what uh, sort of coaster, what sort of ride this was, but it looks like one of them ones that you sit on the bottom and it just does a loop. Um, Right. I think it's like connected, like the track is, the whole circle is a track. And so... The whole track kind of spins. The coaster isn't free floating, as it if that makes
0: sense. I don't oh, know. I see, I see. Right. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'd describe this as a roller coaster. Then I think maybe uh,
1: that's certainly what it looks like. I don't know for certain, but that's certainly what this sort of this vehicle looks like. It's a, I call it. It's more of a flat ride than a coaster. I think, even though it is coaster looking.
0: Right. Yeah. A sort of coaster flat ride hybrid almost like something you'd find in park beyond josh maybe we'll talk about that one day but yeah uh i mean as i say near the top of the list for me of you know things i would hate to happen uh to me at a thing park i mean some people were stuck upside down for uh, almost four hours which yeah, I mean, just sounds horrendous. Uh, only one person needed to be taken to hospital, which is kind of a surprise to me. I, I think you know, the blood rushing to your head for that amount of time. I, I have a feeling my head would probably just explode. <laughs> and it just sounds, it just sounds awful. Yeah. It doesn't sound good, that's for sure. Yeah, what's the worst thing that's ever happened to you at theme park, Josh?
1: Um, probably when I got pulled up to do that. Uh, interactive thing with the street performers at Hollywood Studios
0: oh yes oh yes if people haven't seen that it is in the uh, Beastly D in Florida vlogs on the Park Rush YouTube channel from back in what what year was that that was 2011 goodness me yeah so they were on Josh's old vlog channel at the time and we re-upped them to the Park Rush channel I think last year so yeah, do go and watch those, and yeah, try and find the the Hollywood Studios one, as you know specifically. It's uh it's a cringe fest if you don't mind me oh, saying. Yeah. The last two ish episodes. Okay, and then in the other sort of oh gosh, this sounds awful. Uh, theme park news: uh, Carowinds, uh, which is a theme park, I think in North Carolina. Uh, they had to shut one of their roller coasters, Fury Three Two Five, which is a BNM coaster, after a guest noted, uh, not- noticed rather, a massive crack on one of the support columns. Uh, which, yeah, uh, just about one of the most disconcerting things you could probably spot on a theme park ride. You know, a massive crack in one of the support columns. As, uh, yeah, just about one of the worst things that you could see, I suppose. So yeah, they had to close the ride, and uh, they've now ordered a new support column. I mean, the fact that it was spotted by a guest, <laughs> just uh, yeah, it's gonna it makes it doesn't sit right. It, it makes you feel a bit like, oh gosh, uh, how long might it have taken for staff to spot this, and and how much yeah. bigger could that crack have become if if that particular guest hadn't happened to see it?
1: Yes, you'd hope uh, at least if they didn't see it that day they would
0: spot it the next, you know, the next morning when they're doing their track walk test. It's pretty impressive how quickly they've got to work on it though to be fair. I mean, I'd imagine the media coverage has probably kind of expedited it as well. Uh, you know, yeah. this is not a park I'd heard of, certainly not a ride I'd heard of until this news story emerged. So, you know, there's probably a, a lot. All of a sudden, a lot of eyes on this park online, and it, you know, obviously behooves them to to get it fixed as quickly as they can. The the ride is obviously shut while they put the new support column in, and they haven't said when it might reopen. They did shut it immediately when the crack was pointed out. So yes, I think you can get um, merch
1: on the Motor Thrill. Uh, site for Fury 325.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: You've bought stuff from there before, right? I have, yes. Uh. Good stuff. I've got uh, Nemesis Alton Towers uh, poster up on my wall.
0: Very nice. Not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. Uh, Speaking of rides reopening, uh, Les Mysteries du Nautilus. And Disneyland Paris has reopened after a two-year closure. This was shut while we were there last Christmas, Josh. I think we did it back in 2018, did we? I think we did. Yes, yes, we did, yeah. This was sort of a walkthrough attraction where you went onto the Nautilus underwater. This is in the Discoveryland section of the park. It's kind of out on the water out in front of Space Mountain or Hyperspace Mountain and sort of the... uh, the The centrepiece of it, I suppose, was this massive animatronic squid which came up uh, against the glass, uh, against the kind of viewport on the Nautilus. Pretty impressive. Um, they shut it two years ago uh, for refurbishment. It's reopened and the animatronic's gone, Josh. It's now screen technology. Oh. Yeah. Okay. People aren't too happy about it. I mean, I can sympathize obviously with the fact that maintaining an animatronic underwater, especially an animatronic animatronic of this complexity, is probably a difficult thing to do. But yeah. you know, I, I feel like over the last few years there's generally been a movement back towards animatronics and like physical sets and things like that. Like we've seen it at the Universal Parks and the Disney parks after I feel like what was quite a you know uh, prolonged phase of of, of, a, of a lot of screen based attractions. A lot. Uh, we yeah. are we are starting to move back to a place where animatronics and and whatnot are more in vogue, and at the very least, you're getting more rides that kind of are a hybrid of the two. Now, obviously, yeah. you know the Nautilus is still a very physical experience. Ultimately, you're kind of walk you're walking down into the Nautilus underwater. Like if you do it for the first time today. You'll probably still be pretty impressed by by it, but oh, yeah, I think people so, yeah. who have obviously enjoyed this for many years uh, are generally a little bit disappointed that this is now a screen rather than a, an animatronic. That's, uh, I guess, another example of thing park cost cutting. Or are you are you are, you know are you cynical about this, Josh, or are you a bit more understanding of this particular change?
1: Um, I don't think you're going to massively be able to tell a difference between the two they've still got I mean a lot of it is going to be you know because it's through the glass anyway right and so I think that it gives them the opportunity as well to do um, interesting new things I can do specials maybe like holiday events things like that maybe Um <laughs> Oh, you're like update can, the footage, you mean. Yeah, like there's there's the opportunity here whether they will do it or not who knows, but it gives them the opportunity to evolve stuff and have new things going by the window, which I think
0: kind of a cool idea. I hope that's what they do with it. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was the squid attack itself was, you know, not you know, I can imagine being quite frightening for young kids and now with the screen there, you know, they've already kind of changed what you see, so it's, you know, dolphins and Actual real life uh, aquatic mammals and, and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, one could imagine, couldn't you, you know, uh, in a world where there's a Finding Nemo 3 or something, I don't know, they can, hey, now it's a Nemo attraction for the day, or you know, we'll have little mermaids swim up to the glass instead for a bit. I don't know, you could maybe envisage them doing something like that. I mean, it would seem very out of place in Discovery Land, but. You know, I think think if all of a sudden it's a way, if it's suddenly a way for kids to see Ariel underwater, you know, maybe, maybe it would all of a sudden be an attraction that has a lot more interest. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Something, Josh, that is really speeding up my desire to want to go to Japan to do the theme parks there. Uh, The Amazing Adventures of Spider-Man, which is the same ride as as exists in Islands of Adventure. Uh, We've known for a while that it's closing in Japan in January of next year. There's some rumours as to what might replace it. It could potentially be more Nintendo stuff, perhaps a Pokemon-themed area, something like that. It sits in the New York section of the park at the moment, and, yeah, there is some scuttlebutt around that they might look to redevelop the entire New York section. So, wow. yeah, it could turn into something completely different. Anyway, they've put out a load of sort of farewell merch already for kind of this ride's final six, seven months, and yeah I, I would love it if some of this stuff came to Florida you know maybe just without the specific Universal Studios Japan branding but I really love some of this stuff it looks straight out of the 90s and you know there are t-shirts and mugs and flasks and pin badges and keyrings and little plushies and all sorts of stuff uh, it looks pretty pretty good I, I i generally think that universal's merch game has really come on a lot in the last few years there's a lot of really yeah. nice stuff in both parks when i was there in florida last year and yeah this stuff is uh seems to me to kind of match that uh for sort of quality so yeah i, I want to get over there and pick some of this stuff up i kind of want i want to try the ramen oh oh yeah the spider-man robin yeah, yeah. It basically looks like a pot noodle, but yeah. with little Spider Men in it. I wonder what those are. Uh, presumably, they are edible. Uh, yeah, also- they'd be like
1: um, bits of paper, I guess. Probably like rice paper.
0: Right, I see. Yeah, um, they're also selling a Spider Man purse shaped like a ramen cup. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, I think it reminds me of those pencil case. Sorry, I was going to say it reminds me of those pencil cases we had at primary school that were like shaped like 7-Up. Cans. Do you remember did you have those? I, I know exactly what you mean. I never had one, but I know exactly what you
1: mean. <laughs> they were they were good. I always wanted one.
0: Yeah. Sorry, there's what were you gonna cool say?
1: St- just a lot there's a lot of cool stuff here. I think a lot of like nice looking stuff. Like it looks some of it looks smart, like the um um travel um tags for your suitcase and that sort of thing. I think they look cool. Mm. And, like, actually quite smart. Like, you you get away with it. Someone would have to, like... People would, you know, it's kind of like an Easter egg, kind of how smart it is, actually. Um, Caps are cool. I think the cap looks really cool. Uh, Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think the thing I like about it the most is that it's not just, like, nice Spider-Man merch. It is very much specific to the ride. So, like, the character designs on all the shirts and... And the badges yeah. and stuff are are like well they're basically almost screenshots from the ride if you can if that's the right way of putting it yeah uh, exactly I I really like some of the character design character designs on this ride so yeah I I mean this this is like the only place you're going to be able to get um you know Spider Man merch which is specifically themed to this ride so as I say uh, yeah. I... I want to get over there. God damn it. It's too expensive. It's very expensive to go to Japan, it turns out. It, it annoyingly is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we shall end with what I guess you would call an unsubstantiated uh, bit of gossip, but it made it onto Screamscape, which gives it a bit of cachet, I suppose. Anyway, this comes uh, originally from a post on the Park Fans forums i think that's where uh theme park fans get naked on webcams but i haven't checked it out myself (laughs) Uh, apparently sea world well we know sea world have got a new family coaster planned for 2024 and it's actually going to go in the space where the antarctica empire of the penguin dark ride was which was shut last year and we didn't realize that until we got to the end of the queue or what is now the end of the queue um you sort of still go through or at the time anyway you went through a lot of the queue as if you were absolutely just going to get on the ride and then all of a sudden you're at the door that just leads straight into the penguins after the ride which was quite strange but anyway they've obviously this ride is is for the birds now and i don't know about the penguins themselves if if you can still see them if they've been moved somewhere i don't know anyway uh, according to this poster this is going to be a family launch coaster it's just kind of reinforces sea world's huge pivot towards being coaster city basically like it feels yeah. like as much space as they are able to Use for coasters. They are going to use it. Uh, I mean, do think there is like a risk that the park starts to become almost too busy in a way? I, I, it sounds like a strange thing to say, but like it feels like you're barely gonna. You know, they're going to gonna be. Co- there are going to be coasters within stones throw, uh, th- stones throws of each other across the entire park. Like it feels like you'll barely be able to walk ten meters without, you know, coming across another roller coaster
1: yeah it's gonna be almost like thought park in but like on a yeah. bigger
0: scale obviously yeah that's that's a good comparison actually i mean and it's interesting as well when I mean, we spoke about the new sea world in abu dhabi uh, a little while ago and just how the kind of mo's i suppose of the two are now almost completely different like abu dhabi is very much doubling down on kind of i guess the original vision for sea world but with a sort of modern with with kind of modern priorities so you know what was acceptable back in the 90s so far as animal exhibitions and animal shows went at SeaWorld um those days were obviously gone and, and the SeaWorld in Abu Dhabi is you know being built as somewhere that's far more focused on like conservation and it's more of an aquarium really than Kind of an you know an animal park like SeaWorld used to be, yeah. whereas SeaWorld Orlando, you know, rather than kind of try and retrofit their kind of focus on animals and you know marine life, they are sort of ripping it up and it's it's kind of mad to see a, a park undergo such a massive transformation, sort of live like in real time without like closing down or anything. It's just like they're almost taking it apart and putting it back together while still allowing guests to come day to day. It's um I can't really think of another example of a park that's on undergone such a radical transformation like this. No, I can't think of
1: really like the closest we've got in kind of modern history is the thing is um I guess what Epcot's going through right now, but it's very different changes. Mm. Like this is this is huge. This is, you know completely reinventing uh what SeaWorld is about. Like almost to the point where why even call it SeaWorld
0: you know yeah yeah well I think that's that's interesting I mean I don't think they'll ever sort of change the name but I think we said before like last time I think it was when Pipeline opened and we went on the SeaWorld website and they had you know they are calling themselves the coaster capital of Orlando like that is the pitch they're making to to guests now it's not about coming to see Shamu anymore or or anything like that. Uh, it's all about the roller coasters. But it's code codename, Project Toboggan, uh, which uh, I quite like. It's a pretty good name. Uh, and, yeah, uh, I mean, this, this post goes into massive detail. I might just put it in the show notes, actually, because I don't think it will make great listening if we just go through it here. It is um, it is hefty, uh, but presumably it will stick to the Antarctic theming, and I suppose having Toboggan in the codename would would suggest that that is indeed going to be the case oh, I like the cold yeah above yeah. me anyway no the cold never but uh, very nice yeah I got I that reference <laughs> all right well I think that's going to do it for this week's episode of the park rush podcast thank you very much for listening if like mr ben you'd like to get in touch then the best way to do that i think the most reliable way to do that is a good old-fashioned email podcast at parkrush.com we will see what happens with threads as i said maybe that will turn into somewhere that you can reliably get in touch but just email for now would be grand We'll catch you next week. Stay safe and take it easy out there. Goodbye. See ya.